Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Benton with the Metro Buzz, where we bring on people from Middle Tennessee on to kind of talk about positive impacts that they're making within the Middle Tennessee area. And we're excited because who do we have today? Yes, we have one of the founders of the Gentle Barn, Ellie. The Gentle Barn is a national nonprofit organization founded in 1999 as a sanctuary and place of recovery for severely abused animals and children. The Gentle Barn rescues and rehabilitates animals from severe abuse and neglect who are too old, sick, lame, or scared to be adopted. And we're excited to have Ellie on, so yes, welcome to we the are. show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's our pleasure. Yes. Now, as we get started, um, how did COVID affect what y'all do? And what have you done to kind of maneuver through that crazy new maze over the last 12 months? Oh, yes. COVID has been absolutely crazy. Um, so we are open to the public on Sundays uh, so people can come and hug the cows and cuddle the turkeys and give the pigs oh, awesome. and hear their stories of resilience. We also, during the week, host school field trips, private tours, and groups for those with special needs. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. And with the oncoming of COVID, those programs came to a screeching halt. And so not only did it affect the organization because all of those hundreds of people coming into the Gentle Barn bringing donations is what supported the Gentle Barn and our ability to rescue animals and do our work. With the absence of those people and those programs, um, we, it was, you know, it was a struggle financially. We, at the beginning of COVID, we were like, are we going to make this? Are we going to survive this? Wow. Oh, wow. Um, I can't believe that a little bit over a year later, we are still standing. We have maintained yeah. all our staff and we've been able to take care of our close to 200 rescued animals. So I'm oh, absolutely wow. thrilled that we made it through. Um, but it was scary in the beginning. And then the other thing was us having to think outside the box and come up with ways to continue our programs virtually. So we brought our field trips and our private tours virtual through Zoom. Um, and we even started a gentle drive-through where people could oh, come wow. and stay in the COVID safety of their cars, but drive through the property, listen to audio telling the stories of the gentle barn and the stories of the animals and be able to watch the animals be adorable in front of them while they enjoyed um, a lunch in their cars. So it was actually really, really oh, fun. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, we came up with things, we came up with things that we would have never done before. Mm. And mm -hmm. Now COVID is starting to end and we're opening back up. Some of the things like the audios and um, the virtual tours, I think that we're going to keep them. Oh, wow. And, and I think right. that's smart, you know, as, yeah. as a business owner and nonprofit founders and stuff and different stuff, um, you have to, whatever comes, you have to kind of roll with them punches. And, but what's great about it is once you've applied something new, a lot of times you can apply that to the new, the back to the old way and it all works together even better. Yes, exactly. So we came up with some new ideas that will stay forever. We figured out a way to survive. And yes, you have to roll with the punches, have to. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us your backstory of what got you involved. You know, let's go back before you started the nonprofit. How, how did you get involved with, it, with um, Rescue? Yes. Yeah, so um, as a kid, I was going through some struggles at home and so and and challenges of growing up. Um, and it was always animals that saved me. It was always animals oh, that wow. looked into my eyes and made me feel like I was a value. It was always animals that listened as I cried and made me feel like I mattered. And it was always animals that kept me going. So I kind of knew firsthand what animal how healing animals could be. 
And because they saved my life and made me feel special so many times, um, by the time I was seven, I wanted to dedicate the rest of my life to saving them and also partnering with them so that they could heal more people. They healed me and I wanted more lonely people um, to be able to have the healing effects of these animals. And so it was my dream since I was seven, but I had no idea wow. how to start oh, wow. to do. Yeah. But I didn't know how to do it. So I procrastinated for most of my, you know, I have a long time. I procrastinated because I didn't know what that first step would be to opening a nonprofit and doing this work. And it wasn't until 23 years ago that I discovered an abusive petting zoo in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. And um, I went in just to be nosy and I discovered a lot of animals suffering terrible, terrible lives. And I oh, ended up, I lived in a little house with a half acre backyard and I ended up taking some of those animals home to my little half acre backyard and tending to them along with Marion. And a few months later, I kept going back to this petting zoo and I kept bringing, you know, the animals that were dying there back to my home. And before I knew it, the backyard was full of animals. And I said, oh, I started my dream. So that's how the gentle barn got started. It was by a little goat named Mary. That was the very first oh. one that asked me for help. So you, oh, so you kind of got, kind of, you kind of got pushed out there by accident, you know, or I guess we could say not by accident. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but don't you love that when you're, you know, you have this dream and you don't know how to do it, and then you kind of put in a back burner, and life just happens, and then it just haunts you your whole life until you finally just step out and say, you know what, yes. let's do this. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And it's so interesting because a lot of people now, 22 years later, will ask us, you know, for advice about how to start their own sanctuary. Oh, and wow. the truth is that, like, you know, had I really thought about it, like, how do I raise the money? How do I do this? How am I going to organize it? I probably never would have done it. But because I stumbled upon the petting zoo and started taking animals home and found myself with a, with a backyard full of animals and said, oh, my God, I just started my dream stumbling upon it made it actually happen and then and then i had to figure out all the logistics so, so you should you should tell them to go take a goat home and then see <laughs> that's good that's good because yeah, you know you don't want someone to start something that they have a dream with and then after they get it all put money into it get it going they're like okay this ain't nothing what i thought yeah, so go take a goat home and see how that goes. I love that. That's going to be my advice from now on. <laughs> you know, and speaking of talking about how it's tough it is, um, I always want to go on that side. You know, a lot of people, when they see people who run companies, run nonprofits, you know, they think that they got their act together and they think that they're doing so well. And, they, and maybe at the time they are, but at the beginning they weren't. And I always want to talk about that side of it because they see people see the glory, but they don't see the grind it takes to make anything work. So let's talk about that side a little bit. Tell us a little bit of the sacrifices and struggles that you've had to do, especially at the beginning to get all this going. Yes, at the beginning, the first, I would say, 10 years or 12 years was very, very, very challenging. Um, you know, I didn't go about it the right way. I didn't, like, raise money and then bring yeah. in the animals. Yeah. I brought in the animals and then had to come up with the money. So there were financial challenges. Um, and um, I'm a visionary and I'm a healer, but I am not so much a business person. I mean, I am now, 22 years later, but back then I wasn't. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, I had when I started the gentle barn, I had a one year old, my son was one years old, and I sacrificed time with him. 
Um, I kind of thought that I could do both. Like, you know, he would be on my hip and we would do it together. But the truth is that the bigger he grew and the more independent he got, the more dreams of his own that he had. He didn't want to follow me around a barnyard. He had his (laughs) own plans. And so um, I sacrificed time with him. And I I look back now, you know, if I could do it over again, I probably would have waited till he was older. Um, So that was very painful. Um, I also lived in a nice house that was paid for and clear and I could have lived there very happily and raised my son and been very happy forever and instead I started this dream and missed time with my son and had to leave that house because ultimately after a few years it was no longer bigger big enough for us and then we had to you know max out credit cards and refinance the new house five times to be able to build the barns and fences that we needed in the new place so it took a lot of sacrifice and a lot of hard work um uh, and I, my first husband was not amused at all at what I was doing. So he left. So I, I ruined that first marriage. Wow. Um, wow. Luckily, a, a beautiful, wonderful volunteer came in that helped me side by side for a whole year until we fell in love. And that's Jay Weiner, who's the co-founder of the Gentle Barn. And we run, oh, awesome. yeah, we run the Gentle Barn together. So, I mean, I got really lucky and he's a, a such a brilliant guy in business. So he was really instrumental in like really, you know, turning it around and being able to raise the funds and host the events and do all the things that I wasn't really good at. So it ended up good in the end. But, you know, the truth is that like running the organization, running the general barn is a lot like surviving COVID, right? So (laughs) through a pandemic before, we've never done virtual programs before, but we rolled with the punches. We were open to creativity and we survived. That's kind of like how it was opening the gentle barn, right? So in the beginning, we had to figure a lot of things out. We had to learn oftentimes the hard way, but we rolled mm-hmm. the punches and now 22 years later, we're finally a thriving national organization that can affect a lot of animals and a lot of people. But you're just, you're right, Chris, with what you said. We didn't start that way. And, and, and you know, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, uh, yeah, and I don't, yeah, just like you said, you know, uh, big, thriving, wonderful ideas don't start that way. They start by a, an idea and someone either brave enough or stupid enough to go with it and then <laughs> you figure the rest out as you go along. <laughs> you know, that's like we do another show called The Chris and Sandy Show. That's our show, yes. kind of our baby. And we started it January of 2020, a couple months before COVID. Mm-hmm. But we get exactly where you're coming from because it's been our baby. And we put so much time, so much effort. I don't make money yeah. yet right now, yeah. but we put so much into it. And and we had this vision at the beginning that's just broadened. And now it's like, you know, we were interviewing up and coming country artists was the original plan. And now we're interviewing um, people from who are artists, people who are um, actors and actresses. And we've had celebrities on. We just never imagined that that show would get there. And then we've got this crazy new thing that, you know what? Let's launch the Metro Buzz because let's face it, you know, our whole tagline is positive news throughout Middle Tennessee. Well, nobody gets positive news anymore. (laughs) So we're launching with an idea that nobody really wants to support. Even, you know, (laughs) but we believe that if we can grow it enough, yes, we eventually it'll get the support it needs. And then that's where this whole then show for the Metro Buzz come along. Yes. And we all need positive news so badly, so badly. So, and, you know, my motto, a lot of people say like, oh, you know, how do I start a sanctuary? How do I start my dream? And I say, just refuse to take no for an answer. Start the dream, keep problem solving, keep going, keep learning, 
and just don't take no for an answer. So with your with your Chris and Sandy show, just keep going. We need positive news. It'll it'll I'll be I'll be your your first fan. I'll be your number one fan. <laughs> well, the Metro Buzz is a positive news. The Chris and Sandy show that's the entertainment oh. side. But, 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 but it's still positive. Too. It's still yes, positive actually. because we yes. allow the celebrities to tell their story. Yeah, it's getting their backstory, <laughs> the challenges, struggles that they went through to to get to where they are. Kind of like what we're doing today. Yes. We're using the same philosophy that's worked over there. Yes, same to, philosophy. To do the Metro Buzz, and and it's working, and we're excited I about love it. Love you know the because story. again, you know, it doesn't matter where whether you live in Middle Tennessee, whether you live in L.A., whether you live in New York, um, Georgia, wherever, you know. Our society is so cooped up on negative news that we need something out there to give us some positive spin. I, I don't, you know, I've had people say, well, you're just naive. I'm like, I, I would rather be naive than to be um, one of these people that mope around all the time. To be cynical. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? And I got to tell you, I have not watched regular news for 18 years. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. There was just a time in my life I was trying to start the gentle barn. I was wow. going challenges. We were doing good work. We were building it slowly. At the end of the day, you watch this negative stuff full of fear and lack. And I just remember one day looking at it and going, I'm not watching this anymore. I want positivity. I want inspiration. I want to be filled with hope. And I'm going to start surrounding myself with the things that uplift me in that way. So um, That's yeah, great. news, positive <laughs> stories there's so much good in this world and when we watch the news we think all there is is horribleness but the oh, truth no. is there's mm -hmm. good people and good ideas and wonderful things happening and yeah we need more positivity i'm so and most people know. are good i don't care what the media oh, makes it yes, look like you know are. it doesn't matter your beliefs 95 to 97 percent of every person with certain beliefs are good people you have your few one or two percent of people that make the news <laughs> I agree. I really, really, really agree. So what are the locations and how are they different for what you do? Um, so the Gentle Barn is located in Los Angeles, California, Nashville, Tennessee, and St. Louis, Missouri. And of course, the look of the properties are different. The look of the houses are different. Um, in LA, we live in a desert in Santa Clarita. So we're, oh, on, wow. we're on, you know, we don't have water uh, or resources for grass because uh, there's a drought going on there. So um, it's mostly on sand or dirt, but we did plant 200 trees so we can have green. Oh, that's <laughs> Yeah. Um, and so it's smaller. It's five acres, but we have actually more animals because we're not trying to preserve the grass because there is not yeah. actually make more use of the land <laughs> yeah and then um the one in st louis is 29 acres um half of it is woods and half of it is pastures and it's a log cabin and beautiful woods and a beautiful pond and oh my god it's just absolutely gorgeous and I think we have about 30 animals there. And then the one in um, in Tennessee, uh, Christiana, Tennessee, which is just about 40 minutes um, from Nashville, we have 40 acres. So it's just oh, wow. green pastures and some of it is woods. And we have a big, huge pasture and a huge barn for the cows and a barn for the horses with big, huge pastures. And the animals are just absolutely living their best life. It's cool. <laughs> So how long have you had the Nashville location? Um, so we started in Tennessee six years ago, but we started in Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, and so okay. moved, yeah. So we moved to Nashville or the Nashville area uh, four years ago. 
So how how has um, that move been for the area, for what you do? It's been wonderful. Um, we 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 started in Knoxville because the reason we came to Tennessee is because there was a cow named Dudley who is behind me. Oh, <laughs> the picture, yeah. There's always that one animal. Yeah, that's Dudley. And I would say he's the founder of this location. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. So um, he was missing a foot and he was hobbling around in pain and oh, somebody knew of him and called like 200 places and nobody could help him. And she called oh, us all the way to Los Angeles and said, I know you're far away, but can you at least give me advice? Um, Jay, uh, my husband and co-founder of The Gentle Barn, found a bovine surgeon in Knoxville at UT Knoxville, found a company, um, VIP Orthotics and Prosthetics, to make um, a prosthetic foot. And he came to me one day and was like, hey, we're going to Tennessee to rescue Dudley. So we <laughs> came out here and Dudley spent four months in the hospital. We um, got him through his amputations and surgeries and therapies and then fitted him with a prosthetic. And when it was time to discharge him from the hospital, we toyed with the idea of bringing him back to California. But those grains of sand in the prosthetic, it just didn't, it just, I didn't feel right to me. And we had always wanted to go national. And because of social media and live feeds, uh, we shared Dudley's story. And by that time, he was like world famous. Oh, wow. So, yeah, he was so loved. So we went to our board of directors and said, hey, can we... Can we open a gentle barn in in Tennessee for Dudley? And they said yes. So we so stayed. got you started, and uh, and he got you expanded. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And so we stayed in Knoxville to be near his surgeons because, kind mm -hmm. of like while he was alive, he was in and out of the hospital. Yeah. Um, he yeah. ended up. He ended up unfortunately passing away um, a few years later. And oh, the design wow. of the gentle barn is to be in the most populated area of each state because oh, okay. the way that the gentle barn works is we rescue animals that no one else wants and no and have nowhere else to go. But then we partner with them when they're ready to um, open the hearts of humanity to the beauty, magic, affections, personalities, and love of animals. And to partner with the animals to heal people with the same stories of trauma. Oh, oh yes. Oh, wow. And so once Dudley passed away, we didn't have to be in Knoxville anymore. We actually looked for land in Knoxville, but really couldn't find any. And so then we yeah. moved to Nashville and found a forty-acre property. Wow. Yeah. So. <clears throat> so what are some of events going on in Nashville that's up and coming? Um, at the Nashville location. Yeah. Yes. Um, well, it's really exciting because right now we are hiring new staff and we're kind of getting up and going once we're, you know, finally can move on from COVID. So now we're selling out every Sunday to visitors who are coming to hug the cows and see the animals. Um, we've got more tours and groups booking during the week. We're finally got the green light to hire the staff that we need and train them properly. And so um, because because we were shut down from COVID for so long, it actually feels here like we're starting anew. And so we're just putting all of this new energy and new life into it. And the property is gorgeous and people are coming out and telling their friends and the word is spreading through the, the town and wow. uh, we're ready to rescue some more animals once the staff is in and trained. So it's really exciting. And I think that over the next few months, we're going to be rescuing new animals and and. Um, we have a 10-month violence prevention program that we run for children in foster care, on probation, recovering from drugs, alcohol, and games. Um, we also work with war veterans, senior centers. Yeah, I went through 19 years of addiction. So. Yeah. What did you say? 
So yeah, I went through 19 years of addictions until 13 years ago. Yeah. Uh, you wait, you're saying you did or I did? I did. Oh, that's awesome, Chris. I've been sober 13 yes, years. Yes, he has. Oh. 13 years sober. After 19 years of it. So That is amazing. Congratulations. I've got, uh, I think I'm in 29 years. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Yeah, congratulations. Everything <laughs> you're going to stand in this moment. Yeah, that, you know, especially she didn't because, you know, first five years of our marriage was really hectic on her because I was in the middle of them still, you know, but she always loved on me didn't nag me, didn't put me down. Cause I think that's one of the worst things that a spouse can do is cause they don't understand when once addictions have a hold of you, they have a hold of you and, and you can yell at them. You can say what you want. It's not working. It's not getting through, you know, but love is the answer. And I'm not saying everybody that, 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 that will work for everybody but it worked for me. So. Oh, that is beautiful. You're so lucky. Um, that is really, really beautiful. Uh, some, someone asked, um, said they just joined our friend Joe's. He yeah. said he heard you say war vets. What do you, how do you work with him? Yeah. So, I mean, listen, it, uh, really with any kind of PTSD, um, when we're shut down, when we've got ghosts in our head, when we've been damaged, when we've gone through trauma, it's really hard to sit and talk about it and relive those memories and feelings. It's really hard to trust other people. And so animals have a way of being so beautiful for PTSD. And so we work with um, the Veterans Association. We work with war veterans to be able to come out and just feel the quiet, the peace and the tranquility on this land to connect with animals that have also gone through trauma, to hear their stories of resilience and encourage that the people can kind of get through it too. And then to partner with the animals, to get that unconditional acceptance, to practice leadership skills with the larger animals, to practice empathy with the smaller animals, um, to build things on the ranch and know that something good exists because of you, um, to cultivate that sense of worth and self-awareness and hope for the future. Um, I love our programs for war veterans. Um, really, anyone out there that's hurting, you can come and really find yourself among the animals. Wow, I love that. So tell us what is hug therapy? Oh, yes, cow hug therapy. Tell us yeah, about the cow that. hug therapy. Yes, we've been doing cow hug therapy for 22 years now. And Sandy, I really do believe that that's what you did for Chris. Like Chris was going through a hard time and you just gave him hug therapy. You just loved him unconditionally. It's beautiful. Like, good job. So oh, thank that, you. Yeah. So that's kind of what cows do for us. So um, I rescued my, our very first cow. Her name was Buddha. And she um, she was so she was like a giant puppy dog. She was so loving, warm and fuzzy and kind. And so in those early years of the gentle barn, when I was struggling financially or just struggling to, you know, survive this undertaking that I had chosen, um, there were many evenings where at the end of the day, I would go out and just lean against her and just seek her warmth and her wisdom. Oh. And she would wrap her neck around me and hold wow. me. Oh, oh, that's beautiful. And I would lean into her shoulder and I would close my eyes and I would just breathe in and out and I would hear her heartbeat and she would hold me with her neck. Wow. And so when I started my programs at the Gentle Barn, opening it to the public and opening it to those who were... Um, struggling. I was like, every single person that comes to the gentle barn has to have one of these hugs. 
And so every single person, whether they were a struggling teen or a homeless adult or an infant, they would come in and one of the things that they would do at the general barn was go and hug Buddha and Buddha would hug them back. And huh. Buddha, she gave out 300,000 hugs in her lifetime. Oh, that's wow. amazing. She was oh, amazing. Wow. She was amazing. So we've always used cow hug therapy in our programs, but because of COVID, we have so many people that are reaching out to us saying, you know, they're lonely. They haven't had a hug in a year. They haven't been able to go and be with their families. They've right. got illnesses and haven't had their families in the hospital. People have lost their children. Children right. have lost their parents. And so I finally was sick and tired. It was like, um, it was March. And here things had started opening up, but in Los Angeles, things were still very closed. And I was tired of watching on the sidelines, watching people hurt. And I finally said, you know what? Me and the cows, we're opening up cow hug therapy. And people Uh can come on a one-on-one basis and they could either have me to talk to them. You know, some of them hadn't talked to people in, in a year. They could hug the cows and get the best hug ever. They can meditate in the tranquility of the barnyard. COVID brought that up. Yes, and they can wash away the last year and move forward with hope and inspiration. So that's what we did. And we're now offering cow hug therapy sessions in all three states. Um, And it is beautiful. I've had people burst into tears and just have the best cry. I've had people (laughs) close their eyes and meditate in silence, embraced by the cows. I've had people so excited to interact with me because they haven't gotten out. Um, and you don't have to be, you don't have to be really suffering. Like you don't have to have a tragedy happen to yeah. you. Yeah. You just be someone that loves animals, never hugged a cow. And maybe you're, maybe you're due for a really good hug. Yeah. Our friend Joe said oh, he, he just Googled you and said impressive career. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm lucky. <clears throat> so, um, Tell us what the what your Father's Day thing is with Father's Day coming up. Oh, and the, the fa- father on the farm. Father on the farm. In lieu of Father's Day. Yeah. So the first the first father at the gentle barn is Jay. Um, Jay is father to over two hundred rescued animals, as well as our three human kids. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Um, and so he is a hero to us every single day, and so we're inviting out on Father's Day to the gentle barn, um, hug the cows, bring your whole family, celebrate the father and hero in your families and celebrate. So there's not many fathers at the gentle barn because in the quote unquote real world, um, animals aren't allowed to fall in love and stay together. Um, Right. And typically male animals only have one job, which is to impregnate the female. So there aren't many fathers allowed to stay with the females when we rescue them. Um, But at the Gentle Barn, Tennessee, we have a goat named Merlin, who we were able to rescue his wife, Maybelle, and his daughter, Lolly. Oh, And he's, we have uh, another father in California that happened by mistake. (laughs) We were, the doctor said he was too sick to neuter and he had six babies. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Um, uh, in the two-year history of the gentle barn, that's it. Those are the only two fathers we've ever had at the sanctuary. One by oh, wow. California and Merlin, who we were able to rescue with his wife and daughter. So, you know, they're such a beautiful example of how animals love to have their family too and love each other too and raise yeah. each other too. And so they show, they kind of remind us all that animals aren't so different than us and they, they want to love their families like we do. Oh, yeah, because, yeah, you know, 
all my life, I mean, right now we don't have a pet, but for all of my life, I've always had a pet. Oh, yes, me too. Up. And so, so they definitely bring the joy and the happiness to your life. And they say, I mean, they even say that pets add years to your life. Yes, we had a little rescue kitten that came to our door and we had her for 15 years. She passed away right after Christmas. Oh, but, yeah. But, but see, what happened was, and I was always a dog person mm -hmm. and not a cat. I mean, I don't mind petting the cats, but I didn't want a cat. Right. And this little thing pops up on our porch. Yeah. Right at, not just, I guess a few months after we moved to where yeah, we're living. Yeah, yeah, a few months after. <laughs> and then Sandy was like, can we let it come in? And so we let it come yeah, in a few times a little, and no back problem. out. And then it went off and done it. So, and then she was like, well, can we keep it? Because it kept coming back. So we're like, it must yes. not be anybody's cat. And, and, um, I didn't want a cat and I'm like, Oh, and I'm thinking myself, it's so little, it will never do this. So I was like, okay, we'll get a litter pan. If it uses the litter pan, it can stay in the house. And sure enough, we get the litter pan and I bet it wasn't five minutes. Oh yeah. It used, long. And needless to say, I became a cat person because, and she was an indoor cat. We didn't let her out at all. Right. So she never she really experienced outdoors. She was fully indoor yes. her whole life. But it was one of them things where it was like, okay, she changed my heart on towards yeah. cats. Yeah, and I really do believe that angels show up when we need them. They do. They really do. Yeah. They're just, they're furry and feathered angels and they come when we need them. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So as you know, a lot of people, they see the CEOs of companies, they see the founders of nonprofits and they, they, you know, but they don't see the teams behind them that kind of help them do the work. And in our opinion, they don't get the, the they love don't. they deserve. So and teams take, are so you know, important. If you want to take a few minutes just to tell us about the team that helps you be who you are. Oh, thank you so much for that question. That is so wonderful that you asked that. I love this question. Yes, you're absolutely right. Jay and I would be absolutely nothing without the people that support us. Um, Jay and I have assistants that work tirelessly to make sure that we're on time to where we're going and we know what's coming next. Um, we have animal care staff that are out in the pouring rain in the extreme heat and extreme yeah. cold, making sure the animals are kept clean and fed and have all the supplements they need and the care that they need, that the pastures are clean. I mean, they're out there just working so, so hard. We have a social media team so that we can take these wonderful stories of these animals and share the bliss in our barnyard with the world and give them inspiration. We have staff that does the tours so people can come in and have such a wonderful experience here. Um, we have our operations department that makes sure all of the T's are crossed and the I's are dotted. Um, we, we have an HR department. Um, we have people that answer the phones and respond to emails and book the groups. Oh my God, these people work so, so hard. We absolutely would be nothing without them. We are grateful for them every single day. And you know, speaking of teams, we have a third co-host, our nine-year-old. Yes, we, Christopher. Uh, and we allowed to ask a couple questions. So he's, he's going to go get him. And we've got a two-year-old daughter that when she gets older on our multiple shows, she'll be plugged in too. Oh my God. I love that so much. I can't wait to meet him. And he's, he already said that he would love to have a podcast one day. So hope, you know, who knows where we can take this. Oh, that is so sweet. You know, it's funny. I, I remember at the beginning you said that you tried to bring your son with you and then eventually he grew out of it. So hopefully 
he don't grow too much out of out of this. Yeah. He, he's gotten to talk to people like Randy Travis, Sarah Evans, um, Brian Latrell from the Backstreet Boys. You know, so he's been able to talk to a lot, a lot of the uh, celebrities and he's really enjoyed that. That's super, super cool. Yeah, um, the general barn didn't mean much to my son and that's totally fine, but we do have a daughter that's 15 and she works wow. in the barnyard and she volunteers, oh, wow. and helps us with the animals and she's amazing. Hi. Hi, Elisa, what's your favorite food? What did you say? Tell me again. Uh, what's your favorite food? Oh, my favorite food? Yes. Oh, my favorite food. Wow, that's a great question. I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite food. He takes the most important questions. He does. You know what? To be honest with you, I think my favorite food is vegan nachos. Uh, <laughs> they're really yummy. Yes. <laughs> my, my, mine is pizza. <laughs> yummy. Yes. Okay, so what's your favorite TV show? Um I have you guys ever seen Shits Creek? Mm-mm. Uh, no. Nope. <laughs> I love that show. <laughs> it's silly. It's light and silly and you fall in love with the characters and Oh wow. Yeah. I don't need that in this day and time. <laughs> yeah. And it's positive. Okay, my my is SpongeBob. SpongeBob. Love yep, that guy. SpongeBob's yes. still around. Oh my God. I think they have <laughs> channels where SpongeBob is 24 7. <laughs> and oh, you know what's wow. cool is, you know, he watches a lot of Nickelodeon Disney shows now. So we've been able, on our other show, The Chris and Sandy Show, we've been able to bring on a lot of the actor and actresses that are on his shows onto that show for him to talk That's to. Awesome. That's awesome. Yes. Okay. So, what uh, what's, your, what's your favorite movie? Um, I think my favorite movie, I love Mulan. Yeah. Um, and I love, oh, have you seen The Octopus Teacher on Netflix? Uh, no. It, it, it's, it's magical. Uh, and what's yours? My Minions movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a good one, too. Yes. <laughs> Bye, thanks. Oh, I like those questions. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Bye. Yeah, he Bye. loves being on the show and stuff. And, yeah. you know, when when we first launched, I was like, you know what? If we're going to do this, we're going to make it a family affair show. I love that. And in fact, you know, eventually when I'm doing sales calls, I'll probably take him with me. Oh, yes. We've had him at networking yeah. events when he was six years old. Oh, that's so great. I love it. Because, you know, you never know, you know, granted, we didn't take them to every networking event, but there were right. many networking events that, that we would go to in Savannah and he would be with us and, you know, and when he was younger and they loved it. So we took them a lot of stuff. Yes. Uh, he's lovely. And to learn the confidence to ask questions like that and interact with people, no matter what he does in the future, that'll stay with him. Yep. Yes. Yes, and tell us about some of the animals at the Nashville location. Oh my God, they're amazing. So I mentioned Merlin as the only father. Yes. Um, but his daughter, Lolly, she's really spectacular. She was born, um, obviously not at the gentle barn somewhere else, um, in the dead of winter. And she lost her back feet to frostbite and a concerned neighbor told us about her. And we were able to bring her and her mom to the gentle barn for surgery. Um, and in the first year of life, she wore prosthetics 
And now oh, she's wow. in her. But there's something so lovely about her. You know, she's had such struggle in her life and she's really, you know, can you imagine how painful it would be to lose your back legs to frostbite because it's so cold? Oh, um, and so she has, right? I mean, that's so painful. She really, really struggled in her early life. And then, you know, the, the stress of like wearing prosthetics and being put in and out of a wheelchair, but you would never know it. She has such a pixie fairy angel oh. face. She has these bright eyes and she's always looking up into yours and she's playful and she's happy and she's loving and she's just, she's magical. She's magical. Oh, wow. You can't, when you're with Lolly, you have to smile. <laughs> awesome. And then That's there's- Yeah, yes, go ahead. Oh, then there's Mama Maybell, who's one of our cows. Um, she's a black and white Holstein cow and uh, very, very gentle, very, very kind. Um, when we when we brought her home to the gentle barn, she kept mooing, she kept crying, she kept pacing, and she would even walk right up to my face and like moo in my face. So I knew that, that oh. she was trying to tell me something. Yeah. So I said, you know, she's trying to tell me that she has a baby, and we were told by the by the circumstances that we got her from that there was no baby, but she was saying there was a baby. Oh. So oh. I said, well, you got to drive back over there. You got to see if yeah. you got to double check that there's a baby. And Jay showed up unannounced and sure enough, her baby was there. And we were able to reunite her with her baby. And then six months later, unbeknownst as she was pregnant, she had another baby. So now after a whole lifetime of having her babies taken away, now she gets to raise a son and a daughter for the rest of her life. Oh, and that's so amazing. It's so beautiful watching them be a family and watching her take care of them and them her. It's beautiful. And she's so loving and gives the best hugs. Yeah. Oh, that's great. So what are some of the ways that you find out about the animals that eventually come to live at the gentle barn? Um, so we gather as much information as possible about their backstories from the people that we're bringing them from. Um, we try to gather as much information as possible about that. But then, you know, the animals themselves tell us a lot about their backstory, their mannerisms, their behavior, what they're afraid of, how they react to certain things. Um, and I myself, I happen to be an animal communicator, so I'm actually very, very blessed and lucky to be able to actually talk to them and say, where did you come from and what are you afraid of and what can we do for you? And so wow. if there are holes in their backstory, we're able to fill them with the actual animals saying what's happened to them. And then we know their stories and then we know what they're feeling and what they want and we're able to heal them faster. So um, the animals relay more 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 information than you would think you know hmm. like are they, they they love women or are they afraid of men ah yes oh. wow they're, they're, just with their body language alone forget about Ooh, yes just with their body language alone they relay a lot of information about what they've been through and what are some of the ways that children can get involved with programs or anything going on yeah, so we host school field trips and actually summer camps. So if you're in class, yeah, so if, if if there's a child that's in a classroom or going to a summer camp, you can let your parents know, you can let your counselors and teachers know to check out the gentle barn and they can take a class trip out here um, to, like I said, hug the cows, cuddle the turkeys, give the pigs tummy rubs, hold the chickens, play with the goats and sheep, um, and find the magic here and the stories here. Um, if you're a little older, we accept volunteers 14 and up. So oh, wow. yeah, so we open the public on Sundays, people can come and volunteer. And if they come every Sunday, they can become a docent to one of our animals, telling their stories oh. and helping people oh. know how to pet them. Right. 
Oh, I love that. Oh, that's great. Yeah, when little Chris gets 14, maybe he can be thrown in there. Yes, that'd be great. We'll definitely have to come for a visit and maybe take one of the tours when we're up in Nashville again. Yes, love that. All right, and what uh, would you like for your legacy to be? What would you ultimately like to be known and remembered for? Hmm. I would like to be known and I'll, I'll give you the honest to God truth. The honest to God truth is I'm not so concerned about how people remember me. What I want people to do is I want them to remember the animals. I want oh, people okay. to know that though we look different, we're the same. And though we speak a different language, we all communicate. And that when we're listening with our hearts, we can hear them. And when we look through the lens of love, instead of how different we all are, we can see the similarities and bonding in ways yeah. that are so, so, so fulfilling. And if we can teach our children to love all creatures and all kinds, no matter what shape, size, color, or whatever we are, then we can start creating that flower of gentleness and peace that can spread from one person to the other. And maybe then we can be kinder to animals. We can be more um, observant and protective of mother earth. We can be kinder to each other and we can honor ourselves more. And maybe then we can have a gentle planet. I love yeah. that. So as we come to a close here, um, what's next for y'all? Um, well, our, like I said, our violence prevention program runs September through June, so we're gearing up for that. If anybody's listening and has a uh, group of uh, a foster agency or um, a, a war veterans, domestic violence shelter, anybody that needs some hope, inspiration, and unconditional love, um, we have some spots open for our program gearing up for September. Um, we are open to the public, so please come and hug a cow. Um, but in, in but aside from that. Um, Jay and I would really like to have a gentle barn in New York. We would really like to have an East oh, Coast wow. gentle barn. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. So as soon as COVID clears and all three locations are kind of staffed and trained and up and running and our programs are running and everything's going really, really well, then we want to set our sights up uh, for New York. I love oh. that. So tell everybody how they can reach out to you all. Um, please, we yes, we invite you all to come check us out and more than anything, check out the animals. You can find us at gentlebarn.org. You can find out, you can get tickets to come visit us on Sunday or field trips. Um, and also we're on social media. You can follow The Gentle Barn on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Love that. And you know, we really enjoyed having you on the show today and we look forward to having you back down the road. Thank you so very much, Chris and Sandy, for having me and for all the positivity that you pour onto our planet. Thank you so much. We oh, appreciate thank it. Thank you. Appreciate that. You have a great day. Bye. Thanks. Bye.